Let let he who did not think about becoming the bachelor stand up. Dear Shandy, welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Mm, I'm revved up for this. <laughs> revved up for yeah. this recap episode. I'd say I'm fired up. Fired up for this episode four recap, mm-hmm. season seventeen of The Bachelorette, starring Katie Thurston. You had strong feelings about this episode, Andy. I did. I'm going to try to tone them down a little bit. I don't want to no. ruffle feathers. No. But I, I felt, I felt, uh, felt some anger. Yeah, we both were a little rageful watching this episode. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into it. I don't want to spoil our own I recap. Mean, of, of all the things in the world going on today, <laughs> this is this what is we're up angry there. about. Yeah, this is up there in terms of importance for sure. All right. So the episode picks up, of course, where last week left off, and that was with the confrontation with Thomas. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, there was some weird editing here. There was lots of Franken biting. I mean, bear in mind that those guys for the second group date were in that U-shaped formation that I always talk about on my blog. They were about to go on their second group date. All of a sudden, everyone is around talking. Uh, Thomas is going off for a run, which makes sense. I mean, I understand that he wasn't on that date. He was doing a lot of running. A lot of running. I just felt like they were sort of taking sound bits and little clips from the previous day, maybe the previous evening, and just Mm -hmm. sort of mashing them all together to refresh us on how terrible Thomas is. Terrible Thomas. (laughs) Terrible Thomas. The one thing I was wondering here was, where did this segment fall in time? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the overall message was relatively accurate, which is that Thomas is a sweet talker mm-hmm. and a liar. Oh, heavens. <laughs> heavens. A liar on The Bachelorette? <laughs> hmm. All right. So we're moving on to group date number two, which is Katie's Truth or Dare. The date card read, be daring in the name of love. And on this date, we have Christian, Connor C., Josh, Trey, Andrew S., Andrew M., Mike P., and Greg. And so the truth or dare involves running to different stations. Yeah, it just seems like doing... like all overeating. <laughs> it's like all eating contest items. Yeah, I was nervous it was going to be... I, I've watched too many seasons of Survivor, clearly. Oh, yeah. I thought there were going to be more bugs in well, the mix. In Survivor, it's real, too. Like, they don't let you get away with just eating, like, two Twinkies, like I think Mike did. Do, you, do we think Mike P. ate the entire plate of no, Twinkies? No, there's no way. They would have showed it. It would have been epic television. I mean, that, and he also would have been in the hospital or, or dead. They took a photo. Did he not eat the whole? No, just, no one can eat that many. Tw- that's like a world record. He would have literally been in the Guinness Book of World Records. There was a cute moment here where Connor C. makes a bib for Mike P. while he's eating. Yeah. And we see Mike P. laughing. I haven't had a carb in seven years, dude. I just, you know, these dates are ridiculous, obviously, but I right. just love how they highlight the friendships. Sure. Which... I, I talk about this all the time in my recaps, but this is a recent thing. I feel like in the old days, they didn't highlight mm-hmm. friendships as much. So anyway, little yeah. things I like. I think we could both agree that the guys who were on this group date really lucked out. That's not what you said. Well, I, I really <laughs> thought that they were going to be forced to eat those entire plates. In that case, I, I would have preferred to be in the AA meeting. Okay, so your feeling about this date is dependent on whether or not they literally were forced to finish yeah. the entire plates of food. If it was a real competition yeah. where they were serious about it mm-hmm. and who, you know, the winner was a big deal, I would have been terrified. I think there would have been a lot of vomiting. Yeah, there would have been vomiting. The waxing seemed pa- paled in comparison. 
to what could have happened if you were forced to eat you an very entire platter of Twinkies. Very caught up on or the Or a whole, like, seven or eight pounds of mashed potatoes. Or a chocolate cake, which gave or, me Matilda vibes for anyone out there. Any Roald Dahl fans? We'll oh. see if anyone gets that reference. Oh, wow. Okay, and then the dare is with the giant ear. And they mm-hmm. had to whisper sweet nothings into Katie's ear for a minute. I mean... This was cute, I guess. I just love how Andrew S. always oh. goes to his English accent. It works. <laughs> I mean, we think it's decent, but I'm sure actual Brits will disagree Even if it's with not us. decent, it's, it's entertaining. It's cute that he just does it. Mm-hmm. Like, it shows a goofiness. I, I, I mean, we're going to get to Andrew S., mm. obviously. <laughs> okay, and then there's the peppers and proposals, where they each have to eat a jalapeno. Habanero? Oh, yeah, this, I forgot about this. Yeah. This now, I'm thinking about it, I might have preferred the AA meeting. Because <laughs> that's serious. Have you, have you ever eaten a habanero pepper? No, I know myself. I have no interest in doing that. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> the highlight of this was really Greg clutching that jug of milk. I think it was funny for us, but I actually think he was in genuine distress at that moment. And Katie, at the end of the state, says, They really owned their personalities. In the evening, there's a really quick moment here that is really more of a shout out for my blog readers, but it's where we hear someone say, I never expected New Mexico to be cold. And then you see Mike P. agree. And I just love the acknowledgement of the temperature. I know that's a really strange thing to point out. Well, you always told me that people didn't realize what kind of temperature torture you guys were going through on the season. The temperature, that's a tongue twister. The temperature torture is a real thing, and I don't feel there's enough attention paid to that. Yeah. I would say at least half of the rose ceremonies we were a part of were very uncomfortable in terms of temperature, sometimes like upsettingly uncomfortable, like we were freezing. Well, I remember and when we weren't I- allowed to wear our jackets because it's not what we had been wearing throughout the episode or throughout the date, rather. Does that make sense? Yeah, I remember when I watched your season with you. Mm-hmm. M- the thing you s- talked about the most was how cold you were. Like these, there was like every other scene, you're like, oh, we were freezing there. Oh, see, we're shivering. That was really cold. That's so funny because enough years have passed for me by now that it's easy to forget that. But so thank you for reminding me because mm-hmm. with this, I was like, oh, yeah, it is freaking cold. Mm. It's a bit of a fourth wall breakage, a little. Sure. We've seen a lot of people shivering this season. Mm-hmm. And it also makes you want things to just end as opposed to savoring the moment. Well, yeah, it adds another layer of frustration. Right. First of all, you're being made to wait for hours, mm-hmm. hours, as we will discuss later in this episode. And you're cold. No good. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first up in the evening, Andrew S. has one on one time and he has a little food set up for Katie. A little payback, except mm-hmm. it's, well, I guess it's payback in your books because you hate Taco Bell. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Taco Bell. You were not impressed with the Taco Bell. Ah, but people apparently love Taco Bell. People love it. I never had a Taco Bell phase. Yeah, I went through neither. a Burger King phase. I used to take down Whoppers like nobody's business, but never had a Taco Bell phase. First time I ate Taco Bell, I was like, I think I'm good. I'm good for, uh, for life. He had heard that she liked it, and so this landed well with her. It was cute. Andrew S. says, the guys you picked, these are my guys. You know what you're doing, he jokes. What I, I mentioned this because now we're going to talk about the friendships again. Katie says, I hope the house remains a good place for you guys because it's where you will spend the most time. 
first of all, I think this shows consideration on Katie's part for the contestant experience. Second of all, once again, highlighting the friendships. This didn't used to happen. Maybe, maybe it's happening more often now and I don't need to point it out anymore, but it really didn't used to happen. It used to be suggested that everyone was just competing with each other all the time. Andrew S. emphasizes the impact she's had on him. He said, I've never had a woman understand me. I value every moment with you. They're so brief, but so impactful. This, for me, reminds me a bit of last week when we were talking about how the lead does have the power mm-hmm. to give someone confidence. Yes. Like deep confidence, confidence that will extend far beyond this. Yeah, you could tell Andrew S.'s confidence has been rising slowly. Yes, it's sweet. Mm -hmm. And then they have their kiss. Good kiss. Good. Oh, yeah. We had no complaints about this And good timing. We we see eye to eye on this. Mm -hmm. There was no announcement or permission asking of a kiss there was no suddenly let's kiss now yeah it was just felt and it like wasn't a just out of the blue like totally inappropriate timing no that also bugs me actually yeah when it's like we've been talking for a while now now i'm going to now yeah, we're just i have nothing kiss. left to say so give me your mouth yeah <laughs> exactly no, he did it exactly at the right time it was it was organic and smooth andrew s is oh man we'll He's talk about him we a will, little bit later we will circle back we know how we feel about him there's a montage about the quality of these guys and their conversations and Andrew M. and Mike P. fall into this montage, so not much to speak of there. And then we get Greg. Greg's mm-hmm. one-on-one time. I love how she checks in on him. Yeah. In general, Katie is super considerate of the contestant experience. Yes. More so than I find a lot of leads, especially considering how they're all former contestants. Does that make sense? Yes. So she checks in on him, and it is sort of famously difficult for the first one-on-one recipient to then go on a group date Mm, it's kind of challenging I think. it's downgrade you're like downgrading you are downgrading and so i just thought it was really sweet of her to check in with him here i mean this is just a lot of reciprocated affection Mm -hmm. he says you're all i think about i love the connection i feel with you she reciprocates this and he says what makes you so sure? And she said, I'm not. It's just like every time you say something, I know it's real. You're not trying to impress me. You're just being you, which is impressing me. You're not putting on an act. You are authentic. I'm just pointing that out because we're going to circle back to that. Okay. You know why. Mm-hmm. And then she leads with, I'm starting to fall for you. And then he, I'm going to put this up. He smiles and nods. Like I'm starting to fall for you. You know, whatever that means at the end of this, like, we don't know yet. That's what we're exploring. It's possible his smile and nod was taken from a different place, like in reaction to something else. But I don't really picture them doing that. Yeah, why would they? Yeah, exactly. They would want to get a reciprocation. Exactly. What I noticed about this is it feels like role reversal. Last week, we touched on how we feel it's possible Katie's slightly more into Greg than he is her. Mm -hmm. And I get that he's just not really a really effusive, like, I love you, I'm falling for you kind of guy. But... I just, I took note of this. As did I. (laughs) Nonetheless, in his ITM, he says, I'm crazy about this girl. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we know Greg's going far. I got to be honest. Greg is more effusive about Katie and his ITMs than he is with Katie. Yes. Which says something about him. Like he's sort of protecting himself. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, it could be that. I'm not exactly sure yet, but I find their dynamic interesting. I almost felt like I was torn between her being, you know, likes him as a person and feels some romantic spark, but isn't sold. Yeah. And also checking in on him almost like, 
I know I'm going to pick you as the winner, but I just want to check in. Everything cool? Everything yeah. Good. You good? Just, you know, I'm dating these other guys, but don't worry about it. That actually happens often. Yeah. I felt that I, I didn't know which camp I was in. I was like, it could be either. And I'm really not sure. Yeah. But it's so strange to me how Greg is so effusive when she's not there. But when it's she's true. there, he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I like yeah, you. Really, You're cool. Really yeah, this me. is great. Yeah. Okay. He's cautious. Mm hmm. Which isn't a bad thing. Maybe playing it too cool. But we'll I see. think the reason we feel that way is because Katie is clearly so into him and consistently is. I think is. you might be right. So it just sort of feels a little uneven. But actually, if you think about it, it's it's episode four, but it's really week two still, believe it or not. Oh, right. So I actually think his affection for her is actually proportionate. Is appropriate. Okay. So now things start to get a little interesting. Outside... In the cold, the guys are discussing Thomas and things sort of escalate quickly here. It seemed kind of edited strangely or just mm -hmm. maybe there was some an undercurrent of beef that already existed here. Trey says, if I'm going to be truthful with Katie, there are things about Thomas that should be brought to her attention. Andrew S. responds, I get Thomas crossed some boundaries, but we handled it as a house. We don't need to concern Katie. Mm -hmm. And Mike P says, and look how happy she is today. Mm -hmm. By the way, I just love Mike P's attention to that. Like he really seems to focus on her happiness. It's yeah, sweet. I like Mike P. Mike P's great. Yeah. And then suddenly out of nowhere, it's very Andrew S versus Trey. Yeah. And I'm curious when you guys comment, let us know if you also found this very mm -hmm. abrupt. It was abrupt. It was abrupt. That said, I think that sometimes when something's stewing inside you for a long time, yeah. you just find a very uh, sort of a moment where it's possibly not exactly the right moment, but you just can't hold it in anymore. And it kind of burst the dam. Yeah. I think he reached that point. I think he's been annoyed Andrew about S. the constant distraction of these, you know, villains. You're talking about Andrew S. Obviously. Yes, yeah. uh, Andrew S. Yeah. The guys suddenly come at Andrew S. saying, but Thomas is so manipulative. Mm -hmm. And then Andrew S. says, he's kind of like, so what? He says he didn't manipulate me. And then Trey says, that's a selfish perspective. He didn't manipulate me, so I'm not going to say anything to her. Mm. This is, it gets, it's, gets convoluted, honestly. Andrew S. says, I know my relationship with her is strong. I'm only focusing on that. You're so concerned with this guy. Trey Thank says. <laughs> Thank you. We're getting a hint of how Andy feels about this. And honestly, me as well. Trey says, the fact that you're not concerned shows a lack of care. Ugh. So my issue with this is that I can't help but associate Trey's obsession with caring for Katie and warning Katie with feeling like he wants to right a wrong. And he would feel so wronged by having felt manipulated. Right. And a lot of Trey's narrative around this has been no one ever manipulates me. No one ever gets me. And yeah. you got me. So it can't help but feel a little vindictive. Yes. I feel I feel what I feel is it's insecurity and vindic vindictiveness versus confidence. Yes. Like just be confident in what you have with Katie. It's not your job to be a mole or a spy yes. or an interloper. Who cares about Thomas? Yeah. It's you. And if Katie sees what you have to offer and what you have to offer is great, yeah. she's going to pick you. And Thomas, the, the cream, what's the opposite of cream? The, the pebbles will fall yeah, to the yeah, bottom. Yeah. I don't know what goes to the bottom and goes to the top. <laughs> yes. What gets me about this is I generally feel the lead 
should, as we talked about, it's part of the lead's job yes. to suss this stuff That's out. That's the whole point. You're and, disrespecting the lead by like, oh, you can't handle this. We mm-hmm. need to tell you how to behave because you won't be able to see this. But, you're not smart enough. You're not perceptive enough. But then it's also complicated because she also did say. She shouldn't have. That's where I think Katie made an error. Er- she K- should she- not be asking people to act as spies. There should be a esprit de corps, yeah. as I mentioned. Yes. I strongly believe that. They're all in this crazy game together. Mm-hmm. They should support each other, even if some of them screw up, mm-hmm. right? To some degree. And it is not their job to be constantly tattletailing on their their pals. Which, interestingly... You know, she is concerned about the house dynamic. She wants the house to remain a good place. But by telling them to tell her about house dynamics, is she not well, creating like, worse house dynamics? It's creating like a slightly fascist regime. She's, it's like neighbors are telling on neighbors. They're afraid to say anything. Like you create a bad environment. And Andrew S. was so on point. He was. He's like, we are not here to make Katie all upset about guys that she should have the maturity and perception to be able to weed out. It's our job to sell ourselves and to make Katie happy and to create an environment where we're all just like sort of on good <laughs> feelings. You're getting, you're getting worked up. We still have a long way to go oh. on this same topic, oh, believe dear. it or not. Sorry. But I, I do agree with you. And I would argue, you know, Trey says the fact that you're not concerned shows a lack of care. I would argue that his approach shows a lack of trust in her intelligence yes. and perception. And also a selfish vindictiveness. They're trying to get Thomas. It's, I don't believe that they're trying to protect Katie. That's BS. <laughs> okay, okay. Shh. Okay. We interrupt this program to bring you an important message mm-hmm. about the top I'm wearing, which is actually a bodysuit, by the way. And it is by Frankly Apparel, and it's braless. I have one issue with this. Yes. It is distracting me during the show (laughs) i mean i'm not gonna lie my girls look good in this considering especially the fact that it doesn't have a bra and by the way it's not one of those like little shelf bra situations where it's just like another piece of fabric like there's support it's built in and it's got a cute crisscross back that i'm gonna show wow athletic do you see looks good coming and going And honestly, wearing a bra is not always the most fun thing in the world. And importantly, the owners of Frankly Apparel are shandies. However, it does not shade our view. No, it doesn't. When I put this on, I was legitimately like I would buy this because I don't like wearing bras. It's hard to find a bodysuit that you can wear a bra Mm -hmm. with, honestly. I mean, apparel has been around for uh, hundreds of years. Apparel? Yes. You know, (laughs) modern apparel. Okay. And... Women have had boobs for probably millions of years, but how is this just coming around? It's it's funny you say that. There are items from different brands that will have sort of a built-in bra or mm-hmm. just some like cups put in it or like a little shelf, but it is actually hard to find an entire line that's dedicated solely mm-hmm. to and, going and, braless. And that looks good. And that looks good. Well, that's another thing is that oftentimes... It doesn't accommodate all sizes. Mm-hmm. And what I love about Frankly Apparel is that it is extremely inclusive in all the ways. So to let your girls look great while also being comfortable and not needing a bra, 
Go to franklyapparel.com slash Shandy to get $15 off your first order. So go to franklyapparel.com slash Shandy, and that's frankly spelled F-R-A-N-K-L-Y, apparel.com slash Shandy, and use code Shandy for $15 off your first purchase. Trey says, I can't let it go on. I can't let her end up hurt four to five weeks down the line. By the time she figures it out, she's going to have real deep-seated feelings for the guy. And Andrew S. insists, she's going to sniff that out. Yes. You Thank know what's you. interesting about this is you can tell who knows her better. Yes. Andrew S., I think, has definitely more of a bond. We all see it. Mm-hmm. Confidence. And he has confidence in his relationship and a confidence in her. Yes. Uh, it's conf- it's, it is complicated because there is also a case to be made that you are warning her about a guy who's a compulsive liar, okay. potentially. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's get something straight here. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Thomas is not the only guy out of those guys that thought about being The Bachelor. Yeah, okay, we're, we're going to get to that. We're okay, gonna get to let's that. get that out of the <laughs> yeah, way right now. Without question, but we are going to get to He may be bad at, at saying stuff, <laughs> and bad at his relationship with the truth is a little wonky. Yeah. But there are guys in that room who wanted to be The Bachelor and thought about it at length. <laughs> and I know who they are, and I'm going to smoke them out. I'm telling Katie who they are. Oh, the show's over? It's over already, right? <laughs> yes, it's already done? I'm afraid so. Oh, that's too bad. In Andrew S's ITM, he says, I get everyone wants to protect her, but it's a cop out. It's insecure. Yeah, he lied to you. Yeah, he manipulated you. Get over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Preach on. <laughs> you love I Andrew love, S. Andrew S is like, I, Michael, I think is winning, but Andrew S is my man right now. Yeah. I pick, I have given him my final rose. Yes. Andrew S says, it doesn't just affect you. It's a big decision that you're doing. And that's for her to figure out. Who's the one that's controlling who gets a rose or not? It's Katie. Those guys are going to lose time. The person who loses in the end is Katie. Yes. It's true because what happens with all this is that people forget that the actual villain is not Thomas. It's production. Yes. I talk about this all the time in my recaps. Thomas is... Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Yes. It's the ultimate. Thomas is a vehicle for production to be the villain, to mm-hmm. take time from the other guys. And Andrew S. realizes that. It's back to your esprit de corps thing. He realizes that, you know, we handle this as a house. Let's band together. He realizes who the bad guy really is. Yeah. It's interesting. I think Andrew S. is smarter than the other, a lot of the other guys. I think he's, he's a smart guy. He's less short-sighted, but also he has the advantage of having a decent connection that he can trust in. Yes, most of the guys who were all gung ho about this. Exactly. Trey, what, than, when, what, what kind of, how confident do you think Trey is in his connection with Katie? Yeah. Honestly, Trey knows it as well as I know it. Trey's not winning this. He He's a, not even coming close. If, so what does he have? Tricks. That's it. What does Andrew S. have? Confidence. Yeah. It, it would be interesting to observe if Trey had a really strong connection and it was clear that that was going somewhere, if Trey would still want to rock that boat. Mm-hmm. No, anyway. he'd be sitting pretty. He'd just be watching like, the other guys fight about Thomas. Like Andrew S. Like Andrew S. <laughs> Him and Andrew S. would be sharing a cocktail with, with Dwayne Wade, who's, who's completely shut <laughs> On a different planet. <laughs> che- uh, Dwayne Wade gets my award for the most checked out contestant that's made it past night one in the history of this franchise. And of course, we're, ta- we're talking about David, whose photo we'll put up, but we, right. re- we just refer to David as Dwayne Wade. Yes. <laughs> 
Okay, Trey says, man, when she looks back at this and sees that you valued 15 minutes of time with her over protecting potentially the rest of her life, <sighs> that's not a feeling of goodness she's going to have. Feeling of goodness. A feeling, I kind of liked how that was worded, but come on, protecting the potentially the rest of her life. Maybe the protecting three to six months. It okay, kinda, be honest. It kind of bugs average. me when people sort of talk in these platitudes to make their point, to support yeah. their point. It's like, oh, you just want 15 minutes of her, with her. But really, those 15 minutes are crucial for like bond building and getting mm-hmm. to know each other mm-hmm. while we're protecting the rest of her life. Yeah. It's just oh. so extreme. Mother Teresa of yeah. Katie's life. And come on, statistically, how many Well, that's what I'm saying. Roses? He's protecting three to six months at <laughs> an average at most of her life. <laughs> of an engagement? Yeah. A six-month engagement? Yeah, yeah. Three weeks to six months. <laughs> Uh, and anything outside of that is an outlier. Andrew S. says, she literally said to trust her. And Trey says, we agree to disagree. <sighs> During all these harmonious one-on-one times, mm-hmm. you felt bad for Katie. You said being the bachelorette is hard. You're like a politician, a senator. Yeah. You felt bad for her. I feel bad. It's so exhausting, the lying you have to do constant and it's not you're not lying it's not manipulative it's not malicious you are literally you're forced to lie if you do not lie at all strong i think it's acting you're acting it's fibbing it's exaggerating it's underplaying it's whatever you want to call it it's massaging the truth yeah you're playing up your interest in a person especially they always like zoom in on i swear the lead is told to you know put their yeah. Hand, hold hands and like rub and all that stuff. There's always some sort of physical contact going going on. There's no way they're interested in every single person they do that with. So I think it's more acting than straight up lying. Sure. But I don't disagree. It, I do think it is playing politician to and some it, degree. It, and it, it's, it looks exhausting. I've always felt that way. I have always felt that way. After my season, I got a lot of questions like, did anyone ask you to be bachelorette? Would you have been bachelorette? First of all, no one ever asked me to be bachelorette. And second of all, I would have sucked at it for that exact reason. Just, I cannot fake it. Yeah. You you would have been like the Juan Pablo of bachelorettes. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh. That was, I'm, I'm not going to malign my bachelor, but... I don't no, no, you so. would have been a great, you would have been a great bachelor, and I actually think Juan Pablo is a very under underrated bachelor. Oh, I completely agree. Anyone who's ever re- read my recaps knows that I, I stand by Juan Pablo. I think that I, he, I agree. I think he got a really, really bad edit, and he angered the wrong people. Yes, which you don't want to do on this show. Mm-hmm. Okay, Christian says this is very interesting. I, I suppose in an effort to prove his point or to prove. Trey's point. Frankly, if I don't get time because she doesn't feel like she can pay enough attention to me, I'm okay with that. Well, I mean, as we know, Christian's going to get a lot less time. (laughs) What's interesting is I don't think this is really the right mindset. If you don't have the 15 minutes, then there's no point in you being there. And really, the 15 minutes is mostly what you get until you get a one-on-one And so I understand the argument that it's not just about the 15 minutes. We have to warn her about the bigger thing. It says something that Christian did end up going home at the end of this episode. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think that's the right mindset. No. Unfortunately, the entire way this show is packaged forces you as a contestant to hustle. Hustle for one-on-one time. You know what my, my final, my requiem for Christian is? What? Did not try hard enough. I agree with that, yeah, which is not uncommon. Didn't put in any effort. 
Yeah, I, I would. He and, had a lot of potential. And this line says it all. Yeah. He's willing to give up the tiny bit of time he has with her mm-hmm. in the interest of protecting her. No. To me, that sounds more like wanting to put Thomas in his place than really caring about her. Let's be yeah, honest. He wasn't hungry enough. He was not hungry enough. Or into Katie enough. Well, that's okay. No, but he had everything else. Had he put his A game on, I think Christian could have gone far, as you believed. Originally. I know. Nail in the coffin for one of my original guesses. How wrong I was. I can admit it. <laughs> okay. Andrew S. says, it's not our business to tell someone else how they should run their relationship. She will figure it out. I know she will. Once again, confidence in his relationship with her and in her. And respecting her ability yes. to see personality flaws yes why can't she do it on her own okay so she didn't do it in the first week give her like three weeks she'll figure it out she's a smart perceptive woman and once again it comes back to her telling them to tell her oh andrew s andrew s is great he is winning all the medals for me all of them (laughs) okay so now we come to trey trey's one-on-one time which you deemed this recaps claim to shame yes yeah. Despite Katie giving him the rose, which we'll get to later. Yes, we will get to I, that. I, I overrule her decision. <laughs> that is my claim to shame. He starts off by saying, I'm listening when you say you want guys to be vulnerable. And he says, part of being vulnerable is doing things you're a little fearful of. Oh, God. This is an interesting word twisting because... It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yes, part of being vulnerable is doing things you're afraid of, but that's not the kind of vulnerability that she asks for in terms of getting to know each other as potential romantic partners. He's trying... He's using the same tactics Thomas uses to try to sink Thomas. He's bullshitting Katie to sink a bullshitter. Yes. He's saying things that don't... Makes sense. Mean anything. Yeah. I don't really feel like this was an indicator of vulnerability as a potential partner, like being vulnerable emotionally with a woman is not the same as being a little fearful and overcoming that fear in ratting someone else out. Those are not the same thing. No, he's trying to create a map that leads to treasure and he's there's no path. (laughs) Yeah, he's off in the in the woods. But I will say this, if I was in a real world situation, because yeah. I like to compare these situations to the real world, yes. where people actually meet people. I know that they don't only meet them on television. Yes. So let's say you're in a, a bar uh-huh. and there's a group of girls, there's some, they're friends or acquaintances or whatever. And one Wait, of them- Wait, and are you, are you, what gender I'm, I'm are me. you? I'm me. Okay. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a single man. Okay. And, or you, you're a single man okay. or whatever. Okay. I'm just trying to create But it's scenario. a romantic thing. It's not a platonic thing. It's romantic. So okay. I'm at the bar. I was hitting on some girl. Some girl. We're we're talking. Which doesn't happen anymore. But okay. doesn't happen. It's totally fictional. Yeah, yeah. But we were talking. No, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying literally that doesn't happen in today's day anymore. I don't. Oh, feel I, like... I understood what you said. Oh, oh. Yeah, I... it's fictional. Meaning this fictional, both in the example and in real life. Okay. This wouldn't happen because okay. people don't talk to each other anymore. That, in real that's life. what I was getting. At. I hope it didn't seem like I meant the... because we're married, you wouldn't do that. I meant more that that has gone out of style, sadly. Yes. Which we discuss all the time. We do. We, in the rest that's of another, our podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> Yes. Tune in to the rest of our podcast to hear this our thoughts on that. This is a fiction within a fiction, yes. yes. So if I was speaking to a girl and we had some romantic connection, I was feeling pretty good about it. And one of her acquaintances, because obviously it's not a good friend, that would be really messed up. One of her acquaintances came over to me and said, oh, you don't, you don't want to, that girl, is, she's bad news. She's just a liar. She's a bad person. Mm. 
and that girl was trying to hit on me too, I would want nothing to do with her. Oh, interesting. Nothing. I don't care how great she seemed. Uh, That's yeah. not the way to win someone's heart. It's true because it, a big, an important factor in that equation is the fact that the person who's riding out is also interested in what they it's could It's a conflict have. of interest. It shows a personality flaw. Unless that girl is literally reaching around to try to steal my wallet in the bar, <laughs> which is a, a cute emergency. I don't want to hear anything. I'll find out myself. I have a brain. I know I, I've talked to people before in my life. Mm. Let me figure it out. I have to admit, if I try to put myself in a real life situation that looks like this and I'm interested in a guy and another guy who I really don't know any better, mm -hmm. but who is interested in me in the same way did that, I'd be kind of like, I got this. Mm -hmm. You'd be insulted to I, some degree. I would be insulted. Maybe... I know this is so different because Katie isn't in the house and she's not getting to spend the same amount of time with them. They obviously see a side of each other that she's not going to see. I understand all that. But like we said two recaps ago, it's part of her job. Mm -hmm. But we'll get back to this. So we're getting ahead of ourselves constantly here. We are. Trey says things are happening in the house and that if he cares about her at all, which he does, he feels he should let her know. Oh, Trey, such a such an angel. Claim to shame. Claim to shame. We disagree with this move. I'm yes. interested to see. I bet you it'll be very divided. I'm sure a lot of people. Will oh, disagree it's going to be us. divided. But look, divide all you want. <laughs> You're if, wrong. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. If Trey thought he had a real shot with Katie, or if he thought they had a real bond, or things were going well, he would not be bringing up Thomas. The problem with all this is that it doesn't allow the chips to fall where they may. It doesn't allow nature. We talk about this all yes. the time. Nature to take its course. Take its course. Not to mention Andrew S. was so on point. Everything was happy. Everybody happy. <laughs> Katie happy. Bachelor's happy. Yes. Why is he going and rocking the boat? Yeah. It's not necessarily that she already knows Thomas. Let her. Come on. Yeah. Let her find and out. She was already, by the way, on, the, on to him. Yes. She was fully on to him. Yes. Use your time more efficiently, Trey. You're going to lose. Give it one last Hail Mary. This ain't the Hail Mary. The Hail Mary is not sinking some guy's ship. You good, good try, though. You're very upset with Trey. Very upset because he let me down. Well, in his defense, he was being rooted on by most of the men. And they're wrong. Andrew S. stands alone as a beacon of decency. And also the other people who didn't speak up about how Thomas is the devil. <laughs> Which, by the way, he may be. Who cares? There's plenty of devils. Well, lest, let he who did not think about becoming the bachelor stand up. I mean, it's entirely true. Give me a break. <laughs> You're telling me Hunter didn't sit there at one point? Hunter, the oh, he's a, oh holier than thou. <laughs> Hunter never thought for one second, mm, maybe he'll be the bachelor. You get my point. So Trey tells Katie that Thomas admitted he wanted to become Bachelor. And of course, Katie in her ITM says, I feel devastated, completely blindsided. <sighs> so Trey reports back to the guys mm -hmm. and says she received it well. Mm -hmm. And then here, Andrew S.'s expression is everything. I'm going to mm -hmm. put it up. And Trey, just by seeing his expression, says, you still disagree. And Andrew S. says, she said, trust her. And Trey said, she also said to tell her. 
this is where I really this again. It's funny how the one thing of Katie's or the one move of Katie's that we didn't really approve of right. has turned out to be this mm-hmm. massive. It's it's a snowball mm-hmm. because she has said to trust her, but she also said to tell her it's which one is it because they don't really coexist in this situation. She made we we, we love Katie, but she made one mistake here. Yes, you, she she should not have planted the seed. Of mm-hmm. tattletaling. Yeah, she should not have endorsed that. Yeah, and I know people are going to comment and say, well, based on Katie's experience on Matt James' season, where there was so much toxicity in the house and she reported that to Matt, to me that's a different scenario because she was telling him about toxicity, about bullying, yes, about how women were being mistreated, Good. which is a very different situation. Yes, has Thomas been anything but kind to everybody in that house. I'm not saying he hasn't been manipulative. Okay, whatever. Manipulative within the game. Has Thomas ever raised his voice to anyone? Has Thomas ever insulted anyone? Has Thomas ever been a pain in the ass to anybody? I mean, to be fair, Thomas, we've seen him lie. Okay. Needlessly. But but his lies are kind of pathetic almost. Yeah, and also they are filmed all the time, so it's not like we can't yeah. keep track of them. But we'll we'll don't worry, we'll get to Thomas in a bit. So Andrew S says you guys don't want drama, but you spark it. Mm-hmm. He says Buzz Killington, which you mm-hmm. loved. Family Guy reference, I think, unless someone thought of it before Family Guy, but uh, still funny. And he said it has a ripple effect every time. He's smart. Preaching. He's saying all the right things. He is. Okay, so Katie returns and she sits down and directly asks the group about Thomas. Mm-hmm. And then this was interesting because the guys, of course, all support Trey's viewpoint on this. But then they also say these other things, which to me directly contradict what they're doing. Connor C says, you hear one thing after another and it kind of makes you question why he's here. And you're obviously going to be able to weed that stuff out pretty easily. Oh, well, in that case, why are we bringing it up? (laughs) Yes, yes. And then Greg says, I think the big thing is we trust your intuition. Oh, again, (laughs) why are we bringing it up? Yes. Ah. We interrupt this program. Mm-hmm. To advertise a product that we love, that we love, we do love this product. Mm-hmm. The Hello Tushy bidet has been in our hearts for quite some time. That's not the only place it's been. I actually think Hello Tushy bidet might have been our first ad ever. Actually, it was, and we continue to advertise the it- Hello Tushy bidet with enthusiasm. So, the Hello Tushy bidet, in case you are new to Dear Shandy is a bidet that you affix to your existing toilet with no electricity or plumbing, and it basically turns your boring, basic toilet into one of those fancy Japanese toilets that also sprays you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is getting into the summer, the dog days of summer, yes. when the heat and humidity go up and we are cursed with an age-old problem of, uh, of swamp ass, to put it succinctly, is... Uh, an ass situation that is not desirable. (laughs) I cannot get over that humanity is still using dry toilet paper to wipe the filthiest part of their body. It's true. To clean, not wipe, to clean, (laughs) to cleanse the filthiest, by far, part of your body Mm -hmm. with dry, thin paper. Explain that to me. It doesn't make much sense. None. And actually, the Hello Tushy Bidet allows you to use around 80% less toilet paper, so you also save money over time, and the environment. <sighs> it's a, it, I, win, 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 win. 
Mm. There's too many wins to count. Defeat swamp ass. Nice. <laughs> Go to hellotushy.com slash Shandy to get 10% off plus free shipping. And this is a special offer for our listeners. So go to hellotushy.com slash Shandy for 10% off and free shipping. Hellotushy.com slash Shandy. She gives Trey the rose. You were oh. very upset about this. I mean, this is claim to shame, like subsection 1A. <laughs> I cannot, but Katie let me down. Your quote she at this moment was all caps, what the fuck? You are very upset. We I wanted Andrew that. S. to get that rose. Yes. And I feel for Andrew S. I feel for him in this moment because... He was proven wrong, but his the proof was wrong. He was proven yes. wrong in a way that was wrong. Yeah, he was proven wrong by the wrong proof. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the guy saying, like, oh, I'm going to steal that that old lady's purse. And, uh, and you're like, that's, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. It's a terrible thing to do. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do it. And you steal the purse. It completely gets away with it. She's got like $500 in cash. And there the guy goes, has a great night. He's like, see, I told you it was great. Sounds like a terrible person. It's a terrible person, but he was right in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. Terrible analogy. Katie leaves and Andrew S. says, I'm telling you right now, that decision, that's going to affect everyone. Mm -hmm. All right. So now Taisha pays Katie a visit. And there is some funky ass editing going on here because for this entire Tasha chat and Blake Moynes encounter, Katie is wearing what she was wearing for the first group date of this week, which was last week in episode three, that, that was, white sweater. Yeah, it's good sleuthing on your part. I, I mean, this wasn't exactly difficult to see. Mm. And so we gather that this all happened before the group date, right. the AA meeting group date. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that really matters, but it's kind of... You know, it's pretty big. You know, what's interesting is that it goes to show that they just sort of like to have these dramatic bits and they have to allot a certain amount per episode. Mm -hmm. It probably Mm -hmm. would have been it didn't make sense in terms of that arc to put Blake Moynes in the proper place last week. Yeah. And then here with the way this episode closed is Blake Moynes arrived and then Blake Moynes got that rose. It all happened in one episode. It's a tidy little package wrapped with a bow. Chronology is irrelevant in the Bachelor franchise. I'm I'm overthinking this. You're right. Here we hear Katie say, the last person I was expecting to see was mm, Taisha. Honestly, the last person I expected to see was Taisha. Who who was the last person she was actually expecting to see? (laughs) That's what I want to know. It's funny to me when they do this. It's like, okay. What a handy line to have. Yeah, right. Yeah. And a, and a bin of Tasha's. <laughs> Just like found the best Tasha. So many to choose from. <laughs> All right. So then we get a hard sales pitch from Tasha on Blake Moynes. Tasha does not have anyone's best interest in mind. That's my <laughs> takeaway. You know, I have nothing bad to say about Blake Moynes. He was likable on Clacia's season. Mm. I've got to say this girl chat dynamic for this specific thing works. I know you were a little, you kind of were, what were your thoughts on this? Uh, felt a little staged to a me. A little staged. Yeah. I mean, it was, but I've got to say versus Chris Harrison coming in and being like, Blake from Tasha's season is coming on. He seems like a nice guy. It wouldn't really land the same way as Tasha, who dated the guy, dated the guy. Coming, it just felt kind of girl chatty and being like, oh, I want to set it, you up with this guy I dated, which is a little weird, but 
You know what I mean? It sort of just translated it, better I, I for guess, this subject matter. I mean, it appeared girl chatty. It didn't feel girl chatty. <laughs> okay. It felt very staged. Okay. It felt like a performance to you. Yeah. Like she's like, oh, this guy just DM'd me. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this is this guy may be good for Katie. Like that's how it happened. Yeah. Like like she's the one that he reached yeah. out to. Like there weren't like nine conferences in like the Bachelor <laughs> headquarters about this. It's true. Katie expresses her main reservation is disrupting the guy's experiences and the relationships she's already built. I actually felt Caitlin was Mm. missing, glaringly missing from this conversation, considering her time on Bachelorette, she went through this exact experience with Nick Vile. I honestly think she wasn't having it. She didn't didn't want to partake. (laughs) She was above this staged conversation. Yeah, I I just felt she, of all people, would have been the, the best person to get input from. Yeah. She's the one who led on a guy in about episode three or four, an episode we were in, you oh, especially. Right. Maybe I can insert that here. But Andy's debut on the Bachelor franchise was not, in fact, our interview with Chris Harrison. No. It was on Caitlin Bristow's season. Yes. That's right. <laughs> and I, she, of all people, would know how it does affect the the house and what it can do to impact the other guy's experiences or disrupt I, the relationships. Maybe they rock, paper, scissors to see who would do that. That dirty dude. <laughs> it, it was her day off. Yeah. So Blake Moines. You don't know Blake Moines, really. You didn't really watch Clacia's season, did you? No, not familiar with Blake Moines. Okay. Well, he's Canadian. Always got to mention it. It's very Canadian to point out other Canadians. I I love how he starts this conversation off with, I want to apologize first because I know what kind of a wrench this throws into your situation. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that he just says that. Instead of making it all about him, he knows how it affects her and how it's going to affect the other guys. He leads with apology, which is appropriate. And very Canadian. So that's true. He would, no matter what the situation, you have to assume he would have led with an apology. Yes, yes, which I relate to. Yeah, they go back and forth, and it's you know it's revealed that they DM'd each other. They had a right. bit of a conversation going. There right, was something right. happening there, which is not rare at this point mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the franchise. Seen that before. And that that exact thing happened with Nick and Caitlin. Yep, yep, I remember. One thing I didn't really love here is Katie says he's back for the third time, as if Blake had any control over. Claire leaving that season and then Tasha coming in. Right. I mean, it's, he, to on. say he dated Claire is a bit of an Oops, overstatement. You know, nonetheless, we know what she means, but I, to me, this was not something that should be used against him. No, you I don't, for, don't knock the player. Yeah. I and mean, I heavily on. feel for all the guys on that season because they just had a rough go. Yeah. In general. I mean, a rough go is so many levels. Yes. So back at the house, we see James say, I think four people will go home today. And I'm just throwing this in here because I think David is hilarious. He says, you think four? I think it's three for some reason. I think four people will go home today. You think four? I think it's three for some reason. That's, by the way, David's biggest contribution this whole season. I love him. I absolutely love I want to see a spinoff with just just Dave. Yes. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> Everything he does cracks me up. He the, the absence of doing anything is what makes me love him so much. It's magical on this show where everyone's doing something all the time. He's not doing anything. It's amazing. Nothing. And he made it fairly far. I mean, possibly. In my heart, he made it far. Yes. The guys, of course, are all still talking about Thomas. They want Thomas to go. We hear Aaron say... It's global warming. He's on an ice cap. It's shrinking every day. The seas are rising, and I don't think he knows how to swim. Yeah, a a masterfully mixed metaphor. (laughs) 
Okay, and now we have a girl chat. Now, Caitlin, it's it's the next day, I suppose, and it's no longer her day off. Mm-hmm. And she's looking fabulous, I'm just going to add, because I really loved her sweater. Mm. Oh, yeah. You, you said she looked like a candy cane. That's right. So in this chat, Katie reveals the Thomas situation mm-hmm. to her lovely hosts. And Caitlin says, well, there's one way of not becoming The Bachelor, and that's telling everyone you came wanting to be The Bachelor. <laughs> Quote of the episode. What I like about this is that it is subtly fourth wall breaking. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we have a man chat between Andrew S. and Thomas. Mm-hmm. Something about this man chat, it made me wonder if these two actually are friends, but the tone of it actually wasn't that friendly. I don't think they're friends. I think Andrew S. is just a voice of reason. Yeah. And he knows that Thomas isn't actually that much of a threat. And he knows that Thomas isn't a terrible person. So here... Thomas says something that I had to write down. I thought it was interesting. And I think you're going to agree with it. Mm -hmm. He says, the thing I don't understand is everything that has been blown out is rational thinking to me. It's my truth that I've confessed. Yeah. Again, it is the thing that he was too honest about that he didn't need to be honest about, as we talked about last week. The The, AI computers glitch. He's bullshitting, except when he should be bullshitting. They need to get IT in there. There's a problem. (laughs) But it's so fascinating that the most noble thing he did in his three episodes on this season Mm -hmm. was say i was thinking about being the bachelor yeah and that's the thing that makes him a villain there were so many things he did and just general personality traits that made him seem just like like not great untrustworthy but then he comes out and drops the most brutal honesty in the history of the 20 plus year history of this franchise and he gets vilified for that when every guy in that room i'm calling you out all you guys (laughs) thought about being the bachelor every single one of you are you doing a direct look into camera right now i'm looking at all those guys all 15 16 12 i don't know how many guys are left some something like that over a dozen guys i know who you are okay so now it's the evening we're heading into the rose ceremony Mm -hmm. And Thomas pays Katie a visit in a voiceover heading to her suite. We hear him say, if I don't have this conversation, it shows subconsciously I believe it to be true. Mm -hmm. Which is an interesting thing to say, I think, because I I do think there's truth in that. But I also think it's interesting that he would recognize that. It shows some calculation on his part. He's calculating. Yes, he is. I'm not going to take that away. He's calculating. <laughs> like, I'm not taking it away from Thomas yeah. that he's calculating. Yeah, I'm giving him all his good villainous <laughs> traits. He deserves those. Yeah. So he sits down with Katie. And you and I, we were like praying that this would go in I, a certain way. Yes. Because we like Thomas. Well, we here's the thing. We think he's a, a villain, show. but he's a great villain. It's we, a show. Yes. It's a show. <laughs> I also like, like some, on some, in some movies, I, you like the murderer. It's true. It doesn't mean I want to be friends with murderers. <laughs> Just a good show. Well, people would argue that this is real life. It's, it's all real for her and that she can okay. get her heart broken. There's that too. If this is real life, would she really have 20 guys whispering in her ear, warning her about This is other? not real life. Yes. He says, I understand things have been said about me. I'm not close with a lot of guys in the house. The last two days have been really hard on me. I haven't been able to have dialogues. I haven't been able to get close. And I have had to listen while my integrity and character get demonstrized. That's, by the way, the best word maybe I've ever heard on the franchise. And I'm going to use that. I'm proud of how I spelled it. I don't even know. I don't understand even the construction of that word. It doesn't make sense in any way, but I like it. 
the thing is, you know what he means, and it kind of works. It works somehow. Yeah. It's not a word. <laughs> it's the construction of the word is wrong. Everything about it is wrong, but it works. It works. So right off the bat, we were like, uh-oh, he's playing victim. Mm-hmm. Not a good move here. Mm. I, he, I think he redeems himself a bit throughout this conversation, yeah. but to lead with, it's been really hard for me, I'm not close with the guys in the house, and kind of making it seem like the guys are just ganging up on him. As I always say in my recaps, where there's smoke, there is fire. Yeah. If every single guy has an issue with him, there is an issue there. And we've all seen the issues. Of course. Yes. So Katie directly asks him about the bachelor thing. Mm-hmm. And Thomas says, the guys asked me, did you ever think of a possibility you could be the next bachelor? I love how he was specific about this. And actually, he didn't lie about this. Not at all. Because it's true. They did ask him that. And they also asked him that several times mm-hmm. and kind of forced him to give an answer. He said, I didn't hesitate. I said, yes, I went on the show open for anything. And one of the possibilities of anything is that I could become the next Bachelor. I don't think it's equally as cr- crazy believing you can go into something like this and fall in love. That, I know what he meant. That, yeah, that and <laughs> what he meant, again, not, not said perfectly, yeah. but... What he meant is true. Yes. It's equally crazy to think you could become the bachelor as it is to think you could meet the woman you spend the rest of your life with on a television show. To be honest, it's more, more likely you yeah. will become the bachelor. Yeah. What I meant to say was it's way crazier to think you're going to meet the woman you spend the rest of your life with on a TV show. Yes. It's actually, I would say. And more unlikely. Yeah. It's and way more unnatural. It's less likely that you are going to end up with that lead getting engaged and marrying them one day than it is usually the running for the bachelor there's three or four contestants from that season in the running Mm -hmm. you if you make it reasonably far you actually stand a pretty good chance yeah yeah i I know that only one gets picked but that person actually does become the bachelor Mm -hmm. (laughs) meanwhile and that's that's your when you become the bachelor you have become it's a binary thing (laughs) when you get engaged to a woman on the bachelorette uh, let's be honest, 97% of the time, it's not working out. <laughs> we respect his honesty here. Yeah. I, I Again, he's honest when he shouldn't be, but I actually think he's reasonable here. Katie says, see, where I have a concern is that you came into this with becoming the next Bachelor, that you had that mindset. So her argument, as she said in the girl chat earlier, is that he was never actually open to love. But I actually don't think that they're mutually exclusive. Yeah, I think no one is never open to love. I could be going in for the completely wrong reason, then be like, oh my God, I love this girl. Yeah, and It's I, just life. I, in fact, think that actually does happen. And I think it may have happened. It may, I'm giving Thomas a lot of benefit of the doubt here. I think it may have happened with him. I'm not sure. You can never know what's going on with Thomas. Yeah, he's, he's got a real <laughs> poker face. I don't yeah. know what's going on. All I can say about Thomas is, I never want to be around when that guy loses his temper. <laughs> uh, it would probably out. be scary. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen that guy raise his voice above a, a, a loud whisper it's this whole true. season. So he says, I didn't know you. None of those guys can sit there and say it wasn't a thought going into this. Thank you. We think he's He right. is right, Hunter. I know it's... <laughs> I don't know why I'm pointing him out, but he seems to be the most vocal about this. The thing is, he's it's true. You think it doesn't occur to anyone? I mean, when I was on our own season, we're all aware. We're looking at each other. We know that there's front runners. We know there's people who are making it reasonably far. We know that some people are more into them than others. We know one of us is going to be the bachelorette. It's simply fact. Yep. It just is. You know what the next group date should be? 
Lie detector test. <laughs> Did you ever think about being The Bachelor? And if only those were accurate enough. But that does happen a lot on the show. Oh, they often would, have lie detectors. It would work. They, the lie detector tests aren't perfect, but when there's a huge lie, they know it. Yeah, the problem is the ones they use on this show are, I think, kind of, I don't know how Oh, you think the, the quality of the lie detectors are low <laughs> on The Bachelor? I do think they're kind of low. It's usually just like a green light or a red well, light. Well, they should have the group date at like an actual police precinct. I would be very into that and have them all be asked that question. Honestly, I think him making this comparison about the possibility, like which thing is more crazy. This might be my flashpoint mm. of the episode because this is a truth. I like this. You may not like how this was packaged and how this came to be uttered. Like, I understand how we don't trust Thomas at any point now. So you just sort of don't trust what he has to say. But actually, this is true. Yeah. And I would argue flashpoint. I am in full agreement with you. Flashpoint. Yay. Okay. We're on the same page. And now Katie gets angry. She says, I can confidently say that there are men in this house who have zero intentions of ever being the bachelor here. And he kind of backpedals and he's like, you're right. You're right. And actually when he says, you're right, she gets mad at him for interrupting her. So Mm -hmm. she starts to wield the power card here. I mean, it's sweet that she thinks that, but it's, it's a little naive. Mm-hmm. Thomas says, I would sign. <laughs> this is such a Thomas sentence. It made no sense. <laughs> I would sign something that says anything that you need. The only thing that gets me through being here is an opportunity to be with you. And I mean that. Here's the thing for the first time in four episodes, I really believed him. And mm-hmm. I say that because all the shots of Thomas in this episode, I felt bad for the guy. Yeah, me too. He, he, <sighs> I don't want to defend him too much because we know Thomas has done shitty things, but he's just so delicious to watch. I can't help but kind of have a heart for him. And he's done shitty things within the the confines of this show. Like, we don't know what he's like. We don't really know him. Yeah, that's important. I'm glad you're saying that. It's easy to lose sight of that. We really don't know him. And I think, honestly, I know you're going to disagree with this, but I think one of his biggest problems is he looks like the next Bachelor. He looks like a Bachelor. Yeah. That's actually an interesting point, and I don't think you're wrong. Ooh. I actually think that's a really good point. Oh, wow. He Great. looks like he could easily be crowned Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Me- easily 30 women would want to come on the show and date. I mean, yes. well, that's a whole other conversation. Is it really about that? But I mean, are those girls not gunning for Bachelorette? That's all. <laughs> I mean, come right, on. Right. It's, but yeah, you're right. And honestly, if I looked like him, I couldn't help but think that. <laughs> I'd be like, I think I might be the next bachelor. Maybe I'd be worried about it, You're but like, I'd be thinking. I think I might be the next bachelor. Yeah, I'd be looking in the mirror as I'm like waxing <laughs> I, I my chest. I might be the next <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, like glistening, like oiled up, doing like huge curls. But I, I really do think that I don't know if I've ever seen a guy who looks more like the next bachelor than Thomas. So they put a pin in this and Katie does credit Thomas for being honest with her, which she says is all she's asked for. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, he has been honest in his way, in his way. Andy, here you said Katie should be more firm in her confidence to sniff these things out. You also said she's making a big mistake because at least she could have had good sex. (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm, you, I'm, I'm, you have a lot of confidence in what Thomas has to offer I, I behind really closed do. doors. <laughs> I, I really think he has a lot, a lot to offer in that department. Maybe it's the only department he has something to offer, but I think she missed out <laughs> personally. Okay. So now we're at the Rose Ceremony cocktail party where all the men have been waiting and they are already steaming by the time Thomas walks in. They've all been speculating, hoping that maybe he's already gone. But no, he walks in and they all hate him already. Mm -hmm. He reveals he just had a conversation with Katie and it was about his intentions there. And he said, oh, intentions. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Intentions. Intention and intentions. This is going to be our word watch of the week. We forgot last time. I know we forgot. We're never going to forget again. It's like that was just our third recap and we're still just sort of making it up as we go. And we completely forgot about a word and everyone's like, where's the word? It was so cute. <laughs> well, it just gives it it shows that the word count is 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 a good thing. <laughs> it has it has legs, as yeah. you would say. Yeah. It has it has, it has fans. It does. So the word watch for next week is intention or intentions. Mm-hmm. And it could be good intention, bad intention. Any intentions. Any intention. The word yeah. intention. Thomas sort of tries to explain away him going to talk to Katie, which I kind of see why he did this, honestly, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. he was trying to nip this in the bud. He's desperate. He wants to stay. He says, the last thing I wanted was to take up more time away from your guys' conversations. I actually do think he had decent intentions here. But here we hear Christian say, it's midnight, brother. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. We never get a clock time. On this show. It's mm-hmm. always just some time of day. Yeah. It's like, it's like purgatory. <laughs> you just could be that one day is like five years. It's true. You never know. We learned that this rose ceremony cocktail party has not yet begun mm. at midnight. Amazing. How do you think that's helping their moods? They are hangry. <laughs> and tired. Yeah. They're hangriered. Hangriered. And... It's rare that you get a peek behind the curtain like this. And I would argue it's a nice little reminder of who the real enemy is here. Produce it's not Thomas. The show. Thomas isn't the one who went and found her room on his own. He was told by a producer where Katie's room was, when he could go, what time he could go. And then Katie was probably kept in an ITM room for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Just things to keep in mind. Hate the game, not the player. So Andrew S., I think rightfully, is pissed at Thomas, Mm -hmm. but he's pissed at the entire situation. Thomas would not have had to do this had Trey not done what he had done, our claim to shame. Mm -hmm. So Andrew S. says, going early, you fucked up, dude. You fucked us all. I told you this was going to happen, guys. When you go behind people's backs, it's a ripple effect that affects everyone in the house. Look at us right now. Esprit de corps. Yeah. I like how Andrew S. calls out everybody. He calls out the villain Mm -hmm. and the people accusing the villain. Yeah. Very egalitarian. Yeah. He's really trying his best to just create a tight-knit group who doesn't focus on negativity. Yes, and who gives production as little reason as possible to needlessly make it about this, and which will result, again, in the yeah. taking away of time. Yes, he's and- trying to tell them, don't let yourselves be manipulated by the system. Yes. Just be confident and try to win Katie's heart, yes. period. Yes, yes. <sighs> <laughs> Interestingly, here, Katie. So sweet, so sweet, so supple. (laughs) You you love Andrew S. I do. I mean, he's also. I have a little bit of a man crush on Andrew S. I have a straight 
crush on Andrew S. He's oh, adorable. Yeah. And I, he's I want an Andrew <laughs> I think I want one. You want one for yourself. Yeah, I want that for uh, for my birthday. <laughs> so Katie enters the room. And who knows what time it is now? It's probably one in the morning by now. Yeah. And she immediately says that she's sorry she's late and that she was having a conversation with Thomas. And she says to Thomas in front of everyone that she's sorry he felt ostracized by the house. This is very interesting to me. I This was all scripted, staged, and planned, and I hated it. <laughs> I don't know if I like the word scripted because people often assume the show's scripted when no, it's no, not, no, but it is staged. It's planned. It the is whole staged. thing was planned. Yeah, it's and I, out. I personally have a hard time believing Katie was not told by a producer or suggested by a producer that she tell you know. On the surface, this is a nice thing to say to Thomas. No, it's all all choreographed. Yeah, and of course, this this completely undermines everything Thomas just told him. And of course, Thomas did play a victim a tiny bit, but it wasn't the only thing he did in that conversation. And by her saying this, it instantly negates everything he just told the guys and makes it seem like he lied Mm -hmm. about what he said Mm -hmm. and that he actually was playing victim the whole time. Mm -hmm. Anyway, of course, the truth always lies somewhere in between. Sure. We're just defending Thomas a bit here. I feel bad I for the guy. I think someone needs to come to bat for Thomas. Yeah. I mean, he's not Hitler. <laughs> At least I don't think he is. So now we have one-on-one time with Brendan. At this point, the only Canadian, soon mm. to be one of two. Justin and Aaron. And I've got to say, all of these one-on-one times look the same. They're all shitting on Thomas. Yeah. And then we get an ITM with Katie and she says, everyone wants to talk about the elephant in the room and that's Thomas. And the fact that this is still a conversation heading into the rose ceremony, it's exhausting. She looks near tears here. Yeah. But I got to say, like, which, you which do you, you sow. you reap what you sow. Which do you want? Do you want the guys to tell you or don't you? Yeah, I really, this whole thing has soured me on Katie and, and I'm not, not, Fully, yeah. But I, I really, she was running very high. Yeah, for me. she was. Katie could do no wrong until she did this last no. week, or was it now two weeks ago? I have no idea. <laughs> well, Three I mean, Katie ago. really could do no wrong, but this one mistake, I really think, just continues to grow roots in all the wrong ways, and then if it affect Andrew S is right, it affects her negatively more than anyone. Yes, and of course, I understand that it's hard to resist the urge to be like, oh, is there bad stuff about this guy? Do you have dirt on him? Tell me. Mm -hmm. But then inevitably you're going to be exhausted at the end of the day. And how did it really do much for you? No, no one wins. Michael says it best here. Michael. Mm. He says all the guys adding this additional stress onto her. It just isn't fair to her. Mm -hmm. It's true. Mm -hmm. They're putting it on her. She did ask for it. Just going to remind us all. Two wrongs. Two wrongs. And Michael finally has his one-on-one time, which is like a little oasis. They both say they haven't been able to stop thinking about their date, which is sweet. It's always a good sign. Michael says, you can't manufacture a connection, which is true. Mm -hmm. And he says, the person you are is exactly the person I've been seeking. Mm. And then they kiss and it's great. That kiss. I mean, we were so wrong. I'm happy to have been wrong about that. Me too. And I maintain Michael is the guy to beat. (laughs) Come on, production. Let's see what you got for Michael. (laughs) Oh, here you said, notice how she didn't pop away. 
You like to observe Katie's pop away yeah. from the kiss. Yeah, it's a push away, pop away. The push kiss. It's kind of the push. Yeah. yeah. Andy Dorfman was famous for this. <laughs> but uh, you kind of end the kiss by like it's really pushing the head away. <laughs> with, your, she, with your mouth. Yes. And she lingers. Yeah. She lingers. She, yeah. She stays in the, in the kissing zone. Yes. And finally, we're at the rose ceremony. Mm. I imagine it's what, 4 a.m. at this point? Yeah, it's the next day. You can see how that would pile on in terms of frustration, especially since a lot of them are probably going to be woken up early the next morning. This yeah. was a huge thing for me that, again, all these years pass and you forget. But temperature... Yeah. And time. We were all so sleep deprived because Oof. oftentimes you would return from a group date or whatever at three yeah. in the morning yeah. and then be told that you had to be ready for the arrival of something or to send people off on their group date or whatever. You had to be around getting mic'd oftentimes for an ITM. And this, mm. there's only so many producers to go around at this point. So you are slotted Oof. in time slots. And if you didn't sign up, at the right time or weren't there at the right time, then you could be stuck waking up at 8 a.m. after going to bed at 4. Wow. So the rose ceremonies seem like a very cranky affair. They were the worst. Mm. Like, they, I feel like they paint it kind of accurately. Like, when you watch the show, you're like, oh, the rose ceremony, it's so ominous. Yeah. But it's as much about mood and frustration as right. it is about nerves you're almost at that point, you're like, just l- let's get this over with. Yeah. And also, you have to pack your bags every time. Oof. You have to pack all your stuff. Are you th- serious? Yeah. Every rose ceremony, you have to pack your bags? Every single one. And and on a one-on-one date. I feel like they'll mention it here and there. They like to show when someone's going for a one-on-one date, them like wheeling out their suitcase. But mm. for every rose ceremony, it's the same. It's not like after you're booted, you then go back to your room and pack your bags. Do they like check your bags to make sure they're packed? Like, what if you just fake it? You're like, I'm so confident. I don't need to do this. I'm not going to waste my time. I mean, time. a producer or a handler comes around and just sort of makes sure. You have to have your bag, like, by the door ready to go. Yeah, well, you just put an empty bag there. <laughs> I wouldn't pack my bag. I would protest. I'll pack my bag when I'm voted off the show. And they'll wait. That's how I do it. So right before the rose ceremony, Thomas gives another speech. Yeah, I don't think that was necessary. No, this wasn't a good move. Thomas just can't get out of his own way. So true. He tries too hard. I understand he's trying to do damage control, but it's sometimes the best damage control is just to sort of fall off the face of the earth, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I agree. Just retreat like Homer Simpson into the bushes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's digging a hole. He keeps digging. He keeps digging. Yeah, and he seems to think that words can help him at Mm -hmm. this point. But the problem is if no one puts any stock in what you have to say anymore, then it's only going to make them roll their eyes. I think we can both agree that words are Thomas's biggest enemy. Absolutely. The absence of words would help him greatly. If Thomas just walked around smiling and not saying anything, he would go far. I don't know about in the world, but in the dating situation. Yeah, well, in the bachelorette situation, for sure. He just sort of needs to stop running his mouth so much. Stop talking and just start smiling and looking (laughs) handsome. That's it. So people who get roses, Mm -hmm. Hunter, Greg, Brendan, Andrew S., Aaron, Mike P., James, Josh, Courtney, and Andrew M. Mm. And then finally, Katie says Thomas... No. And then you, you said, nice, fuck you idiots, believe in yourselves. <laughs> Did I really say that? Amazing. Verbatim. Yeah. And then it goes to commercial break. And then we learn that that oh, was... Uh, Bait and switch. 
We got we got baited and switched. Yeah. So after the commercial break, mm. Thomas goes up to Katie. He steps to her as one would because he thinks he's being offered a rose. Mm-hmm. I found this a little cruel. She, totally unnecessary. She retreats and she says, you told me things I wanted to hear. And what I learned about you tonight is you're selfish, unkind and a liar. Hmm. Your audition for Bachelor ends tonight, so get out. I mean, hmm. totally unnecessary. I'm torn on this. Like, I understand he's, I think Thomas is a liar. I'm going to just say it. Okay, based so just on what don't we, give him a rose. Yeah, based on what we saw, he seems like a liar. Selfish, you could argue he is. He said last week that, you know, he took time from Aaron. He he valued his time with her more than yeah. other guys' time. I get that. Unkind, I think, is is pushing it. Yeah. And in general... What bothered me about how all this was painted is that I think it was meant to be this sort of like strong woman, like she's so yeah. bold and like she's taking the reins, she's taking control, she's not going to be made a fool of sure. or she's no stepping stone for some douche making his way to being bachelor. Mm-hmm. But to me, it would have been far more powerful had she learned all this on her own mm-hmm. and gotten to follow her own intuition and, and discovered that she felt a certain way about Thomas that led to a reaction this strong. This reaction was based entirely on what she was told yeah. by people who had beef with him. And again, I always say, where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't think Thomas is an angel. I want to stress that. I also want to stress that. Yeah. We don't think Thomas is great. No. But at the same time, the way this was painted as this, like, I am woman, hear me roar. I'm not going to take your bullshit is I felt that was a little misguided. Agreed. This was all. If this let's this was like a legal case. Yeah. It was all based on hearsay. Yes. I'm not saying again, as you just mentioned, I'm not saying Thomas is an angel by any stretch. No. But everything was based on hearsay, and you know that because shortly before this this dramatic exit. Yeah. S- <laughs> she literally said, "I really like Thomas. I kind of wanted to keep him." So what happened between that? And her having this dramatic dissing of him publicly, this this flogging. <laughs> like she just got more information from guys saying that he's a liar and he's he's not there for the right reasons. She didn't do any of the research. She just was told she was given a report of hearsay. Mm-hmm. And again, where there's smoke, I I agree with the guys. I would be annoyed with him, too, if sure, I were me coexisting. Well, with I wouldn't him. say anything about it. I would just I mean, be it's confident easy. in my game. It's easy to say when you're not in that situation, okay. but I, I get your point, though. Uh, I just feel like this was an this was unnecessarily cruel. He was he was he, it was a flogging. A flogging. I mean, this show. You know, we talked about cheating last week. How pretty much the worst thing you can ever do in the bachelor sphere is cheat on someone. Uh-huh. And in this case, another worst thing you can do is ever, ever admit to gunning for Bachelor or Bachelorette. Yeah. But you made a good point. You said, am I missing something? Did she not audition for the Bachelorette? Mm-hmm. It's kind of true. Mm-hmm. It just is. Mm-hmm. Are you not all auditioning mm-hmm. for the lead? Who was on this show wanting to not be liked? And by being liked, you are typically crowned bachelor or bachelorette, yeah, aided ca- by a convincing edit or a flattering edit. Yeah. There's a lot of 
biblical he who cast the first stone situations here. Yes. I don't like them. Yeah. And I think that Thomas, who is this terrible, horrible, bankrupt, black-souled human being, <laughs> left with dignity. No issue. He was she was not like mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, cry yeah. baby or yeah. screw you guys. Yeah. He was just like, okay, goodbye. Yeah, that's true. He didn't make a fuss. He acted with dignity actually almost the whole show, except for some early mistakes. Yeah. He flailed a lot last week trying to sidestep blame, and that's where he started lying. And the lying yeah. is really the 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 cardinal sin. You don't want to do that no. when people are, can fact check that. I want to have a drink with Thomas. I want to see, and I, I'm not saying that necessarily because I me, love Thomas. Do you want me to DM Thomas? I want to. Yes, this? I want you to DM Thomas. I want to have a two-hour meeting. I don't want there to be any pressure, even yeah. though there is kind of pressure. Yeah. I want to. I want to read Thomas. I want to see what he's about, and I'm going to make an assessment. Okay, I'm going to hustle, and we're going to try and get Thomas yeah. on Dear Shandy. I want to. I want to. Yes, I want <laughs> Thomas on Dear Shandy, and I'm going to make an assessment for the world. And I. I I think we have to get to the bottom of this. Based on how I think Thomas is, I think he's going to win you over. Oh. Thomas is going gonna, is gonna to sweet gonna, talk is you. Is he going to manipulate me? <laughs> this is the thing with Thomas is I don't think when he's lying, he necessarily thinks he's lying. That's We talked about this last week. When he is saying all the effusive things to Katie about why he's there and he's there for her and he looks forward to time with her and he thinks it could really be something... I believe Thomas might have convinced himself that all that is true. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between lying intentionally and having lied to yourself mm -hmm. and then saying what you believe to be truths based on what you've lied to yourself. I'm he not saying that those are not dangerous traits. And like we said last week, I do think that he could be dangerous to date. Possibly. Yeah. I think that he does drink his own Kool-Aid at times. I just want to f figure out how the, I, I want to see what makes this guy tick. Okay. We well, got to we'll, figure this out. Shandy's stay posted. Maybe the bromance, the Andy Thomas uh, Wait, wait, bromance. slow down, slow down. <laughs> There's no bromance. I don't want to be, I don't want to be associated with Thomas that way. I just want to do some discovery. It's all for no, the, I, for the people. No, I agree with that. I think further research yeah. deserves to be done here. Yes. He's not the devil. Come on. I don't think he is. I've seen bigger devils on the show. Yes. Way more devilish. So going home at this rose ceremony, then we have Thomas, of course, mm -hmm. Connor C., Christian, and David. Let's have a moment of silence mm -hmm. for David. I agree. Is it, that's enough, I think. I'm going to miss David. He was my comic relief. Without really ever saying anything funny. <laughs> Or saying much of anything. He will be missed here at Dear Shandy. Yeah, we're going to have to now only see him on the Cube. <laughs> What's the Cube? That's oh, the Non-sponsored. <laughs> yeah, the Cube is that game show where Dwayne Wade is the host. <laughs> and then after the rose ceremony, Katie goes and visits Blake Moynes. Mm -hmm. and adorably, he seems unprepared. Like he definitely didn't I believe know she was it. Yeah, it was really cute, actually. Yeah, it was. Yeah. He was getting some good shut eye. Just, oh, yeah, or he was like about to shower or something. He looked like he was sleeping. He did not look clothed. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was cute. I think that they have potential. Yeah, sure. Let us get to our predictions. Andy, who do you have in your top spot? You know who I have. <laughs> Michael. He's winning. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not. Come on. I'm never going back. I, I staked. I, I put that stake deep. You did. Very deep. 
It's not wobbling. No. Not wiggling. It's in there. It's going nowhere. I mean, I confess I have kept Michael in my top spot. Mm -hmm. Even though Greg continues to move forward, I just feel like Michael, it's it's magical between them, honestly. Mm. Yeah. It's it's sweet. And I always look for that feeling of it being like an oasis. And it really felt like that on during that rose ceremony cocktail party with Michael. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it feels like he's her little escape. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in your second spot. (laughs) Do you need me to tell you who's in your second spot? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm debating whether I want to go here. I'm having a last minute. No, I'm going there. Andrew S has taken over second spot for me. Yes. Are you letting your own affection for Andrew S. cloud your judgment? Andrew S. is number one in my heart, but number two in this show. He's oh. number two. I'm putting him up number two. You think Andrew S. is beating Greg? I do. I mean, I respect that because I love Andrew S. We both love Andrew S. Nonetheless, I still have Greg in my second spot. To me, this race is between Michael and Greg. At this point, we know that a dark horse will be coming up from behind. And in your third spot, I assume, Greg? Yes. Okay. And in my third spot, Andrew S. Okay. <laughs> really oh, wild wow. and crazy here at Dear Shandy. <laughs> okay. And who do you have in your fourth spot? So I have Connor B, cat guy, in my fourth spot. However, I feel like I'm going to regret that fourth spot because I do think this new character, Blake. <laughs> Blake is his yeah, name. Yeah, Blake. I have a feeling that he's going to get in there. But you know what? I'm not. I'm not allowing that to taint my top four. I'm not. Adre- I'm not even acknowledging him. I don't like the gimmick of Blake entering the show. So I'm sticking with the original cast. <laughs> the original. The cast. original. <laughs> it's like some Broadway. The original cast. Connor B. Fourth. All right. I respect that. For me, I do have Blake Moynes in my fourth spot. I knew you were going to do that. Well, I have a couple of reasons. The first is they spoke before she became Bachelorette, which is extremely powerful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People underestimate just how big that is. It means that they bonded before she was in this position of power. Right, right, right. And so they have a kinship like of being equals at one point that none of these other guys have. And the other reason is Katie... It would not be lost on Katie what a wrench this would throw into the house. And I don't think someone lets someone into the house, especially a former contestant, into the house late unless they feel pretty strongly about them mm-hmm. because they know what a mess it is. And so, oftentimes former contestants do come in and then they're like, oh, I'm flattered, but bye, like yeah. leave. <laughs> so, well, that, that's good inside scoop. And I, I still... It's I not still really stand by my top four, but I think one of the reasons why they brought Blake in without any knowledge of how the show works yes. is because I think the front runners are looking too strong right now. And I think Yeah, but that's also based on edit and she hasn't she's only had two one on one dates and I mean I both of them are in the top four. You know, she's gonna have a one on one date with someone else in the group. Can I can I be honest with you? I don't want to go through the list of the guys who are not in my top four, <laughs> but none of them are getting far. Okay. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So I do think that they threw Blake in there because they were like, well, well we're, coming, we're coming down to the wire. And by the wire, I mean literally the beginning of the season. <laughs> but my point is that there seems to be a very strong core at the top. And I think because of that, they wanted to mix the deck a little bit, shuffle the deck. Well, also, this will cause a major rift in the house. Yeah. It's a guaranteed 
Like if he had come on night one with everyone else, they'd be like, oh, who's this guy? He already had his chance. But they would then get to know him and live with him and be whatever. But now he's an outsider coming in. It will rub guys wrong. No one knows this better than Nick on Caitlyn's season. So they would be wasting guaranteed cheap drama to have not postponed his arrival. All right, Andy. Is that it? I think that is. Have we forgotten anything? We didn't miss any words. We didn't miss claim to shame. We didn't miss flashpoint. We dug a hole for ourselves by doing all these little things. I know. I think we should just keep it at these three. Yeah, we're not going to go any further. Yeah. But I think that's it. That is it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this recap episode of Dear Shandy. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we're going to ask of you. Please, we will wait while you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram. Leave us iTunes ratings and Mm -hmm. reviews. Mm -hmm. Those really are the very best things you can do for us to help us grow. And tell your friends. And tell your friends. Which honestly is one of the main ways that we've grown to this point. Yeah. And if you have no friends, tell your family. (laughs) The telling of friends and family. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I think that's a wrap. I think it is. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this recap episode of Dear Shandy. And we will see you next time. Bye. Dear Shandy.